0: Good morning, good morning. Today is Sunday, June 13th. We have Ecclesiastes 9 through 12. We'll be finishing it up. And then Psalm 9. And first we have a video of wisdom and Ecclesiastes. So let's take a deep breath and bless the Lord's blessing on this time. Heavenly Father, we thank you for loving us for being our god for filling us with your spirit lord we just ask that you fill us now overflowing uh, that your spirit would just be coursing through our veins lord that uh, you would give us understanding as we uh, finish up this book of ecclesiastes lord that uh, you would just uh, bring wisdom into our minds and our hearts in jesus name we pray amen The book of Ecclesiastes has a unique place in the wisdom literature tradition of Israel. Watch this video and see where it fits. All right, let's watch the video.
1: We're exploring three books in the Bible known as the wisdom literature. Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Job. And they're all asking the question, what does it mean to live well in this world? So we've looked at Proverbs, who you could think
2: of as a bright young teacher. She's
1: all about pursuing wisdom, an attribute of God that's woven into reality. And she's optimistic, that if you use wisdom, you will build a successful life.
2: But then we come to Ecclesiastes, who's more like this sharp, middle-aged critic. And he
3: says, You think using wisdom will bring you success. You'd better think again, because life here under the sun is meaningless.
1: And that's a phrase he uses a lot in this book. But to understand this book, we have to realize first that we're hearing two voices. So first there's the teacher, and we've been calling him the critic. He's
2: the main voice in the book. But he is introduced to us by another figure, the author. And he's the one who's collected the critic's words and then at the end of the book summarizes everything and gets the final word. So why does the author want us to hear from the critic? Well, he wants to turn your view of the world upside down. And he's going to let the critic explore three really disturbing things about the world. And we should warn you, these are pretty intense. Yeah. So the first is the march of time, or as the critic says,
3: generations come and generations go. But the Earth, it's been here long before us and will be long after. No one remembers people from long ago and all the people yet to come, they too will be forgotten by those who come after them.
2: So on a cosmic scale, you and I, we are just a blip. Stars are born and then they die and form planets which orbit new stars and those planets, they change over time and eventually turn up. And amidst this cosmic backdrop, my entire existence is like a
1: blink in time.
2: Which leads to the critic's second disturbing observation, that we are all going to die.
3: Humans face the same fate as the animals, death. All people, the righteous and the wicked, the good and the bad, those who offer sacrifices to God and those who do not, they all share the same destiny all this activity and madness, then
1: we all join the dead. Man, this book is depressing.
2: And so is the final disturbing thing for the critic, and that is life's random nature.
1: So in Proverbs, life isn't random. There's a clear cause and effect relationship between doing the right thing and being rewarded.
2: But the fact is that life doesn't always work that way. The critic has observed a glitch in the system. He calls it chance, or in his words,
3: The race doesn't always go to the swift, or the battle to the strong. Nor does food always come to the wise, or wealth to the brilliant, or favor to the educated. Time and chance happen to them
2: all. So his point is that you can't really control anything in life. It's just way too unpredictable. So if I want to master life, then you're setting yourself up for a fall. Now, throughout the book, the critic uses a metaphor to tie together all of these disturbing ideas. Nearly 40 times, he says that everything in life is Hevel. It's a Hebrew word that means smoke or vapor. Like smoke, life is beautiful and mysterious. It takes
1: one shape, and before you know it, it takes a new shape.
2: And smoke looks solid. but. Try and grab it, it'll slip right through your fingers.
1: And when you're stuck in the thick of it, like fog, it's impossible to see clearly.
2: Now our modern translations have lost the metaphor and they usually translate Hevel as meaningless. But if you read closely, the critic isn't saying that life has no meaning, but rather that its meaning is never clear. Like smoke, life is confusing, it's disorienting and uncontrollable.
1: So what are we supposed to do with all of this?
2: Well, surprisingly, the critic, first of all, acknowledges the perspective of Proverbs. He says it's a really good idea to learn wisdom and to live in the fear of the Lord. Really? I mean, he just said that doesn't guarantee success. But he knows it's the right thing to do. But secondly, and more often, he says that since you can't control your life, you should stop trying. Learn to hold things with an open hand because you really only have control over one thing, and that's your attitude towards the present moment. Stop worrying, he says, and choose to enjoy a good conversation with a friend or the sun on your face or a good meal with people that you care about. The simple things in life. Yes, and both the good things and the bad because both are rich gifts from God. And that's the surprising wisdom of Ecclesiastes.
1: Listening to the critic is painful and can lead
2: you into some dark places. And that's why the author speaks up at the end of the book. He doesn't want you to lose hope. He wants to make you humble into someone who trusts that life has meaning even when you can't make sense of it. That one day God will clear the heaven and bring his justice on all that we've done. And so he tells us that the proper response to all of this is to fear the Lord and keep his commandments. And that's
1: the book of Ecclesiastes. Now there's one more voice in the Bible's wisdom literature, and that's the book of Job.
2: And he will bring us the final much-needed perspective on our journey into wisdom.
0: Okay very good let's get into ecclesiastes chapter nine but all this i laid to heart examining it all how the righteous and the wise and their deeds are in the hand of god whether it is love or hate man does not know both are before him it is the same for all since the same event happens to the righteous and the wicked to the good and the and the evil to the clean and the unclean, to him who sacrifices and to him who does not sacrifice. As the good one is, so is the sinner. And he who swears is as he who shuns an oath. This is an evil in all that is done under the sun, that the same event happens to all. Also the hearts of the children of man are full of evil, and madness is in their heart while they live. And after that they go to Go to the dead. But he who is joined with all the living has hope. For a living dog is better than a dead lion. For the living know that they will die, but the dead know nothing. And they have no more reward, for the memory of them is forgotten. Their love and their hate and their envy have already perished, and forever they have no more "'Share in all that is done under the sun. "'Go eat your bread with joy "'and drink your wine with a merry heart, "'for God has already approved what you do. "'Let your garments be always white. "'Let not oil be lacking on your head. "'Enjoy life with the wife whom you love, "'also the days of your vain life "'that he has given you under the sun, "'because that is your portion in life "'and in your toil at which you toil under the sun.' Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with your might, for there is no work or thought or knowledge or wisdom in Sheol to which you are all to which you are going. Again I saw that under the sun the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, nor bread to the wise, nor riches to the intelligent, nor favor to those with knowledge. But time and chance happen to them all, for a man does not know his time, like fish that are taken in an evil net, and like birds that are caught in a snare. So the children of man are snared at an evil time, when it suddenly falls upon them. I have also seen this example of wisdom under the sun, and it seems great to me. There was a little city with few men in it, and a great king came against it and besieged it, building great siege works against it, but there was found in it a poor wise man, and he by his wisdom delivered the city yet no one remembered that poor man but i say that wisdom is better than might through though though the poor man's wisdom is despised and his words are not heard the word of the wise heard in quiet the words of the wise heard in quiet are better than the shouting of a ruler among fools wisdom is better than weapons of war But one sinner destroys much good. Chapter 10 Dead flies make the perfumer's ointment give off a stench. So a little folly outweighs wisdom and honor. A wise man's heart inclines him to the right, but a fool's heart to the left. Even when the fool walks on the road, he lacks sense, and he says to everyone that he is a fool. The anger of the ruler rises against you and do not leave your place for calmness will lay great offenses to rest. There is an evil that I have seen under the sun as it were an error proceeding from the ruler. Folly is set in many high places and the rich sit in low a low place. I have seen slaves on horses and princes walking on the ground like slaves. He who digs a pit will fall into it. And a serpent will bite him who breaks through a wall. He who quarries stones is hurt by them, and he who splits logs is endangered by them. If the iron is blunt and one does not sharpen the edge, he must use more strength, but wisdom helps one to succeed. If the serpent bites before it is charmed, there is no advantage to the charmer. The words of the wise man's mouth win him favor, but the lips of the fool consume him. The beginning of the words of his mouth is foolishness, and the end of his talk is evil madness. A fool manipulates words, though, though no man knows what, it, what is to be, and who can tell him what will be after him? The toil of a fool wearies him, for he does not know the way up to the city. Woe to you, O land, when your king is a child! And your princes feast in the morning. Happy are you, O land, when your king is the son of the nobility, and the, your princes feast at the proper time, for strength and not for drunkenness. Through sloth the roof sinks in, and through indol- indolence the house leaks. Bread is made for laughter, and wine gladdens the heart, and money answers everything. Even in your thoughts, do not curse the king, nor in your bedroom curse the rich. For the bird of the air will carry your voice, or some winged creature tell the matter. Chapter 11. Cast your bread upon the waters, for you will find it after many days. Give a portion to seven, or even to eight. For you know not what disaster may happen on earth, if the clouds are full of rain, they empty themselves on the earth if and if a tree falls to the south or to the north, in the place where the tree falls, there it will lie. He who observes the wind will not sow, and he who regards the clouds will not reap, <clears throat> as you do not know the way of the spirit, the way the spirit comes to the bones in the womb of a woman with child. So you do not know the work of God who makes everything. In the morning sow your seed, and at evening withhold not your hand, for you do not know which will prosper, this or that, or whether both alike will be good. Light is sweet, and it and is pleasant for the eyes to see the sun. So if a person lives many years, let him rejoice in them all. But let him remember that the days of darkness will be many. All that comes is vanity." the sound of a bird and all the daughters of song are brought low. They are afraid also of what is high and terrors are in the way. The almond tree blossoms, the grasshopper drags itself along and desires, and desires desire fails because man is going to his eternal home and the mourners go about the streets before the silver cord is snapped or the golden bowl is broken or the pitcher is shattered at the fountain, or the wheel is broken at the cistern, and the dust returns to the earth as it was, and the Spirit returns to God who gave it. Vanity of vanities, says the preacher, all is vanity. Besides being wise, the preacher also taught the people knowledge, weighing and studying and arranging many proverbs with great care. The preacher sought to find words of delight, and uprightly he wrote words of truth. The words of the wise are like goads, and like nails firmly fixed are are the collected sayings. They are given by one shepherd. My son, beware of anything beyond these. Of making many books there is no end, and much study is a weariness of the flesh. The end of the matter, all that has been heard, fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God will bring every deed into judgment with every secret thing, whether good or evil. Okay, let's move into a time of prayer. Meditate on Psalm 9. It's titled, I Will Recount Your Wonderful Deeds. It's to the choir master, according to the Muth Laban, a Psalm of David. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. I will recount all of your wonderful deeds. I will be glad and exult in you. I will sing praise to your name, O Most High. When my enemies turn back, they stumble and perish before your presence. For you have maintained my just cause. You have sat on the throne giving righteous judgment. You have rebuked the nations. You have made the wicked perish. You have blotted out their name forever and ever. The enemy came to an end in everlasting ruins. Their cities you rooted out. The very memory of them has perished But the Lord sits enthroned forever. He has established his throne for justice, and he judges the world with righteousness. He judges the peoples with uprightness. The Lord is a stronghold for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. And those who know your name put their trust in you. For you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. Sing praises to the Lord, who sits enthroned in Zion. Tell among the peoples his deeds. For he who avenges blood is my... Mindful of them, he does not forget the cry of the afflicted. Be gracious to me, O Lord. See my affliction from those who hate me. O you who lift me up from the gates of death, that I may recount all your praises, that in the gates of the daughter of Zion I may rejoice in your salvation. The nations have sunk in their pit that they made, in the net they hid, in their own foot, their own foot has been caught. The Lord has made himself known. He has executed judgment. The wicked are snared in the work of their own hands. Higeishin Selah. The wicked shall return to Sheol, all the nations that forgot God. For the needy shall not always be forgotten, and the hope of the poor shall not perish forever. Arise, O Lord, let not man Prevail, Let the nations be judged before you. Put them in fear, O Lord. Let the nations know that they are but men. Selah. O Heavenly Father, we do declare your wondrous deeds. You are the creator of the heavens and the earth, of everything, Lord. Of the entire universe, of the material that the universe is made of, Lord. You created atomic structure, molecules, and then formed them into every single living thing, everything. Lord, we can't even comprehend the depths of that, Lord. Lord, you are so majestic, so we don't even have words to to describe you, Lord. We can try to, but Lord, you are just beyond words. You're so amazing, so far beyond us, Lord. Yet you draw us in. You call us sons and daughters. I'm so thankful, Lord, that you love us the way you do. Lord, help us to be mindful of your deeds, of your works, of your wonders. Your miracles, Lord. Father, we ask that you be with Trish today, that you continue to heal her body. Uh, Also, I know Pam is suffering in a lot of pain, Lord, that you would uh, work that out on Tuesday, Lord, that the uh, injections she gets would relieve that pain, Lord. It would ease her mind, Father. lord we just uh, ask that you be with tracy's dad suffering lord it's uh, just uh, older lord and his health has just take taking a turn for the worse lord and we just ask that you would uh, heal his body lord we just ask for your will in this situation and uh, lord i think of uh, clay and michaela's dog with the Having a uh, allergic reaction, Lord, we just ask that you, she, uh, uh, she would heal the heal uh, their little uh, baby there, Lord, and just uh, uh, relieve that uh, reaction, Lord. Father, be with those today. It's uh, your day, Lord, the day that uh, we set aside specifically for you, Lord. Although every day should be for you, today we, most places, uh, today we meet in your name, Father. I just ask that you would uh, rouse your people all over, all over this state, all over the city, all over the country, Lord, all over the world. That you would uh, get them up and uh, get them out to uh, to fellowship with your believers, Lord. Fill your churches this morning and lord speak your word to them through the the preachers and pastors and priests and whoever is standing in front lord that your word would come out of their mouths that the people would hear your word lord and they would be blessed that they'd be filled with your spirit lord that you would draw people to yourselves lord we need help lord we need you to draw us Our hearts are so wicked, so evil, so uh, pitted against you, Lord, and against your ways. And Lord, I just ask that you would just uh, just draw people to yourself. Lord, bring people into your kingdom, Lord. And use us as you see fit to accomplish that, Lord, today. Lord, be with the fellowships. We ask for unity Uh, Lord, in our churches, in our fellowships, that you would uh, just knit us together with one common goal, Lord, to further your kingdom, Lord, to serve you, worship you, glorify you, Lord. Just help us to put ourselves aside, Lord, put our focus on you this morning. In Jesus' precious name we pray, amen. All right, have a great day.